Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Chad Gray. I'm on staff here at Harbor, along with uh, being the worship director. I'm also responsible for developing our community and our outreach efforts, as well as uh, directing a discipleship program called Vision Pathways, which you'll hear more about in a little bit. So the vision of Harbor City Church is a renewed city through a renewed people to the glory of God. A renewed city through a renewed people to the glory of God, which I think is an inspiring and awesome reason to get up every morning, personally. But I got to admit, it's kind of a big, fuzzy concept. Like, how do you actually renew people? How do you actually renew a city? What does it look like? How do you do that? And so Harbor has an answer, right? And our answer is uh, our five core values. These are the five things that we think describe what a renewed people look like, what a renewed city looks like. And so as we pursue this vision, everything that we do is geared towards helping people grow in these five areas. And so the five core values are gospel-centered, growing in community, living on mission, city-positive, and equipping leaders. We believe that as more and more people are growing in these five areas, that renewal will come in people and in the city to the glory of our gracious God. And so, uh, so we think, ah, oh, shoot, we should probably be talking more about these things. This is really where the rubber meets the road at Harbor. And so that's what we're doing today. We're exploring more about our core values. And specifically today, we're going to be talking about core value number two, which is growing in community. So we want everyone here to be growing in community. Quick story. So the other morning, uh, I wake up, I'm in bed, and then I hear my five-year-old son, Sam, wake up in the other room, and he comes like thundering down the hallway, and he like bursts into the room, and he jumps into bed with me, and he says, Papa, Papa, does my breath stink? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you know, um, I'm like, I don't know, buddy, uh, can you smell your own breath? And he's like, uh, and he, you know, he tries it out, and he's like, I can't smell my own breath. And he's like, can you smell your breath? And I said, uh, I'm like, no, I, I can't smell my own breath. And so he thinks about it for a second. And then, of course, he suggests, you know, we, we should smell each other's breath. And so I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a great idea, buddy. And so you go first. And so he, he like, leans up and he goes, ah, and he breathes. And I sniff it in. And, I, you know, it's like a little gamey, but it's, it's not bad. And so I'm like, you're doing okay, buddy. And he's like, all right, well, it's your turn. And so I'm like, ah. And he's like, ah, ah, my eyes are watering. He like falls backwards. He's like, Papa, your breath smells terrible. And I'm sort of taken aback, you know, like just a moment ago, I was enjoying, you know, this nice quiet morning. I had no idea I was wallowing in my own filth. And uh, so I say, Sam, buddy, man, I'm sorry. I, I had no idea I was so stinky. And he says, without missing a beat. He's like, Papa, that's okay. I love you anyway. And he leans in and he gives me a big hug, right? And then he runs off and to go cause havoc somewhere else in the house. And I'm thinking, oh man, there it is, right? That's what we're talking about today, growing in community. Because neither Sam nor I were able to accurately assess the quality of our own breath, right? We needed somebody else to tell us the truth. But I got told, right? I got told that I got stinky breath and, and nobody likes to hear that. But um, there's something special. There's something special about being called out on your funk 
by someone who loves you anyway and who presses even more closely into your life in spite of it, right? So Sam had given me this special combination of grace and truth, right? And so I was kind of happy, happy to be told how disgusting I am, you know? It was okay. I went and I, I brushed my teeth and renewal came to the gray household and I grew in community. Thank you, Sam. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, I can't laugh. I have this thing on my lip and when I laugh, it splits open and like blood spurts, spurts out. So I apologize if that happens. You can just sort of look at me from this, this up, right? Don't look at my mouth. <laughs> so today we're going to be, um, we're going to be moving really quickly, right? We're not going to say nearly all there is to say about, about growing in community, right? I feel like uh, the Lord just kind of gave me one little nugget to share, and so I'm going to drop it on you. Um, so if you get nothing else, I hope that you'll take this home today, okay? Renewal happens in a community of grace and truth. Renewal happens in a community of grace and truth. So let's just unpack this real quick. To begin, we hold this truth to be self-evident. Community is a big deal to God. Okay, Community is a really big deal to God. Whether you're an extrovert like Pastor Stephen or an introvert like me, I'm kind of a secret introvert, um, we're all created for community. And I don't have time to unpack all of Scripture, but suffice it to say that when it starts in the beginning in Genesis, there's community there. And when it ends in Revelation, when we're all in the new heavens and the new earth around the throne of Jesus... There's community there. And in the here and now, in between, God is calling us to do community. All right? Community is what God calls us to do in the here and now. Over and over again, in his word, the way God talks to us assumes that we are in community with each other. He calls us his people. He calls us a holy nation. He calls us a body with many parts. He calls us stones fitted together. He calls us brothers and sisters that are in his family together. Community is a really big deal to God. But it actually goes even further. Because when we take a look in God's word, we see that the community of God's people is actually integral to his plan to renew all things. Jesus said that the world would know that we are his followers because of our love for each other. Romans 8 says that all of creation is actually groaning for this community to be made manifest. Revelation 22 says that we are actually the community that will help bring healing to the nations. It's a big deal. All throughout the New Testament, community is not where we live out this new life that Jesus has won for us. Community is who we are. It's actually woven into our very identity and purpose as God's people. It's not Jesus and me. It's Jesus and we. All right? Community is a really big deal to God. And if that's true, then the question becomes, how do we become this kind of community? How do we become this kind of community that creation groans for? How do we become the kind of community that radically loves one another, that's able to actually heal nations, right? How does Harbor City Church become the kind of community that can renew San Diego? Like, what are the essential ingredients? Well, I think the answer is grace and truth. Those are the essential ingredients, grace and truth. Check out John 1:14. It's in your bulletin. The Word became flesh 
and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In this passage, John is describing God coming to earth to call us back into community with himself. And out of all of the words that he could use to describe such an overwhelming and earth-shattering event, he picks two, grace and truth. Now stop and think about this for a second. What does it mean to be full of grace? To be full of grace means to be radically merciful, radically loving, radically understanding, radically pursuing Right? By, by nature, grace is tolerant and inclusive. What does it mean to be full of truth? Well, it means to be radically just, radically honest, radically correct, and radically correcting. Right? Truth is, by nature, exclusive and intolerant. And each of us kind of leans one direction or the other, right? Towards grace or towards truth. But we're familiar with people who are, who are radically truthful, right? Who are always going around correcting people all the time. Like we call them jerks, right? <laughs> and we're familiar with people who are radically gracious, who are always forgiving, always endlessly understanding all the time. Like we call them pushovers, right? Jesus comes to us full of grace and full of truth. And when those two come together, it is life-changing. So many of us here have heard Jesus say something like, cheer up, you are far more sinful than you ever dared imagine. But you are far more loved than you ever dared dream. That is the full grace, the full truth, radically coming together. And John says when they come together, the glory of God is revealed. It's the glory of the only Son from the Father. And that glory invades our world. And it shatters our darkness. And it heals our brokenness. And it calls us into community. And it brings renewal. Amen? That's the community that Jesus came to give to us. It's a community of grace and truth that brings renewal. But it doesn't stop there. See, because when Jesus comes and shares grace and truth with us, it propels us to go out and share grace and truth with others. And this is actually where we begin to take part in God's plan to renew all things. Because the very practice of sharing grace and truth with others is how we grow and how we mature and how we become the community that God uses to renew cities and to heal nations. Check out Ephesians 4. Verse 15 is in your bulletin, but I'm going to read the context as well, starting in verse 11. Jesus gave us apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood and womanhood, to the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way 
into him who is the head, into Christ. This passage is a description of spiritual growth. But do you see how community is woven all throughout it? Leadership, equipping, unity, knowledge, maturity, the fullness of Christ, the work of the ministry, building all things up in love. All of it hinges on a community of saints who what? Verse 15, they speak the truth in love to one another. See, this is us bringing grace and truth together to pursue our purpose as God's people. This is us bringing grace and truth together to build up God's body in every way into the fullness of Christ. This is us bringing grace and truth together, right? So that glory, the glory of God, might invade the world, might shatter darkness, might heal brokenness, might call people into community and bring renewal. The call for each of us today is to more fully receive grace and truth from Jesus and more fully share grace and truth with others. So there are, there are lots of people at Harbor City Church uh, who have experienced this kind of renewal and this kind of community of grace and truth. I want you to hear from two of them today. The first one is, uh, is Mary Beth Howard. And Mary Beth wasn't able to be here today, but she was gracious enough to let us film her testimony. Now, about a year and a half ago, Mary Beth uh, was in a really bad and dark place. She was trapped in her sin, and her life was headed in a bad direction. I got a front row seat to see Jesus powerfully intervene in Mary Beth's life through the community of Harbor City Church, specifically through the women and men of of Vision Pathways. And um, those people followed Jesus' call to faithfully pursue Mary Beth with radical grace and radical truth. And just check out what happened. Watch this video. I was just really struggling in my relationship with Jesus, and I was selfish and focusing on... uh, things of this world and my sin and I felt kind of trapped in this life that I had been living and I'd been like seeking out God every now and then like I would try and go to a random church or something but uh, and I could feel him like pulling at me but I was just stubborn and uh, didn't want to like fully give into that because I didn't want to let certain things go through just like God's circumstances I got led to Vision Pathways in Harbor City and I felt Uh, welcomed and loved in a way that I hadn't felt in a really long time and I think God just showed me like a way out um, that I wasn't that I didn't have to stay in this life that I had chosen that I could um, move on to something so much more beautiful and fulfilling and purposeful and uh, that's what these people offered me and and they showed me uh, the better way they showed me God's way and uh, it didn't happen immediately. I didn't like just surrender everything all at once and it was like happy and good. Like it was a process, step by step. But through that process, um, community was by me uh, the whole way. And uh, I remember just a specific uh, couple friends just really speaking to me like, 
this life that you're still kind of in uh, will not fit with the life that you truly want. And so you have the opportunity and the ability to choose, but you have to actually like let go of those things. And God reintroduced me to himself uh, through community, I believe, truly, and um, worked his goodness and grace uh, through these people. And I will never be able to worship him enough or honor him enough or thank him enough for pulling me out. And there are still times where, you know, temptation comes and uh, struggle comes and I want to run back to these things, but I have to remember, uh, I remember those times when he was first uh, running after me and I remember how he is, he's still running after me that same way. And when I, when I rethink about that, I fall more in love with him all over again. So now after having been in community and um, really been touched by it and moved by it and my life changed, like now I want to provide that for other people and I want to be um, that for other people because those friends that were and are so dear to me, like I get to be that to other people. I get to be that to them and I get to be like that person for girls that felt trapped like I did. And people uh, that know that there's something more but are fearful or um, don't understand why they should go that way. Um, and I get to be that, uh, I get to be Jesus to them. This is, this is the story, right? Um, it was not a super pleasant experience for her going through this uh, when community was pressing in to these parts of her life that she, she didn't want them to press into. Um, but it was Jesus calling. It was Jesus working through these people, and it brought radical renewal into her life. Um, now let me call up uh, Laura, Laura Cresswell. Come on up here. I want you guys to hear Laura's story as well. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So Laura, um, you have experienced some, some significant trauma. And uh, before you came to Harbor City Church, um, but you've experienced the, the grace and the truth of Jesus through a community start to bring renewal into your life. So tell me a little bit about what was going on in your heart and in your life before, before you came to Harbor. Yeah, so um, the bad news before the good. The, um, I had just come out of 24 years of an emotionally abusive marriage. And the church that I was in before, the way they handled it made it even worse. I felt uh, drained and abandoned when I came here to Harbor, like a stray dog scratching at a lighthouse door waiting to be heard. I knew Jesus, but I felt like John the Baptist in the desert eating bugs. I was a dry twig, just all sh shut down emotionally. My friends, um, they were worried about me. Cool. So then you came to Harbor, and Jesus started to do some sort of work. Can you describe he what did. he's been doing? Yes, this is beautiful to share. I joined a life group, John and Kylie Lee, and uh, I got to know them, and they got to know me. I slowly shared my story, and as I did, I saw anger and sadness in their eyes, and that really showed me how Jesus felt. He cared about me, that I had been wronged, and uh, I wasn't crazy, though uh, that assured me that he was there with me. 
I had set a meeting up with Stephen uh, with my former church. And as soon as Mike and Kylie, my new friends, heard about this, they wanted to join me. They wanted to accompany me, be by my side. And that really made me feel valued and cared for. They helped me express myself at that meeting as well. That was helpful. And after the meeting, Kylie challenged me. How long was I going to see myself as that stray dog? Jesus wanted me to come home. That melted me and made me realize I had a little bit of a victimhood going on, and that melted that away, and, um, and I was home. So I got to know my new family, my new life group, got to know more of their stories, joys of new babies, new homes, and, and hardships, deeper hardships than mine even. They needed me as much as I needed them. I prayed with them, was beside them like they were with me, and, um, and that was good. It was healthy. Um, it, I also had um, a tendency, like Stephen talked about last week, there was a, there's a tendency to kind of get into this vortex of all about me. I deserve it. After what I've been through, I'm entitled. And, and that started to melt away as I realized, no, there's a healthy dynamic of giving and receiving, and, and that melted that away so I wasn't so self-focused. That was good. And then, and then I love our group. We often get off on a rabbit trail and go off in all kinds of different ways, and we just end up in just some serious laughter. And that is good for my soul. Right. Serious laughter is always good. It is good. It's like grace and truth coming together. They actually yes. contradict. No. So tell me, um, what's Jesus been doing? What's going on in your, in your heart now? So I'm discovering that God wants his kids to have fun. Right. There's joy that he gives us senses to, um, to go do and enjoy what he's gifted us with. And so I've taken up cycling, and I go riding, and I can talk about riding with a couple of new friends here, Beth and Dan. And I can look at them and say, really, you too? You love that hard climb and that exhilarating descent? Are you just that crazy? Just using all of my senses, just uncovering and not so shut down. It's yeah. really been, um, it's been beautiful. Then um, I've also had the opportunity through connections here at Harbor to walk beside two women who've come out of abusive relationships. And, and I could walk beside them with compassion and empathy, understanding, and assure them that they're not crazy. That was really, it's powerful to be part of that process because God doesn't have to use me. He's enlisting me to, and helping me to help. I'm, I'm getting to help them. And in that process, He's drawing me closer to him, and, and that I am so grateful for that. There is a downside, though. I've noticed or I've, through that process of walking beside other women in their pain, I, um, I, I, with, without being in the whirlwind, I was made aware, Jesus showed me my self-focus, my controlling of situations and others, and uh, my people-pleasing, how I use it to gain value for myself. And... That was pretty dark to look at, and with more emotions intact, um, it was overwhelming. So um, I have to confess that I started taking refuge in alcohol to get comfortably numb, to cope. And um, I'm grateful for my friend Sarah Jane. She could understand those overwhelming emotions and called me to abstinence for a period. And I could walk with Jesus and talk with him and openly confess because I confessed it to them. I knew it was wrong, and, and so I could go to Jesus with full, look him full in the face and confess openly to him that I was doing wrong. And um, 
in this process of being completely open with him, something which was foreign to me, of being completely honest with all of the reality of my weaknesses, which I am completely morally flawed. Just, um, it's, I, it looks okay sometimes, but not always. And, um, but then at the same time, my friend's reminding me, I am completely loved by my father because Jesus has taken all of those inadequacies and taken them to the cross. So I'm resting. I'm resting in being completely known, open by my father. And, um, and that what is happening is I'm resting. And in that rest, I'm able to grow. And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dry twig growing new leaves. Awesome. Thanks, Laura. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, Laura. Growing in communities of grace and truth, it's one of our five core values. All right? But here's the thing. The stuff that Laura is describing, the stuff that Mary Beth was describing, it actually doesn't happen here on Sunday mornings. Um, you need to be in a smaller group where there's more intimacy, where, where people are starting to mix their lives together, where, where you're starting to smell each other's breath, where uh, things like forgiveness and understanding and grace are, are actually necessary. And that takes time. It takes effort. It takes vulnerability. But those are the places... Those are the places where God is making us into the community that creation groans for, that radically loves one another, that is able to bring renewal to San Diego, that is able to bring healing to nations. Let me give you three ways that you can apply this to your life, okay? Just three quick ways you can apply this to your life. One, join a group. Two, influence a group. Three, lead a group. Join, influence, or lead. So under join a group, we have lots of different kinds of groups at Harbor that you could join. But let me highlight just a couple. So the first one is Vision Pathways. Uh, Vision Pathways is a two-year discipleship track that is equipping people at Harbor to apply the gospel to every area of life. So VP is this tight-knit community of intentional discipleship, intentional fellowship and study and mentorship, real-world application and personal accountability. It's actually a big commitment, but in VP we are seeing radical growth, life-changing spiritual growth like Mary Beth was describing. There's actually two Vision Pathways tracks. There's 1.0 and there's 2.0. Okay, so VP 1.0 is for recent college graduates, like age 21 up to 28. Um, And basically the the point of 1.0 is to equip you to launch from campus into career and new community. Okay, so if you are a college student uh, getting ready to graduate, or if you have recently graduated from college in the last couple years, or if you're a graduate student... um, This is your next step at Harbor, okay? VP 1.0 will help you set a gospel trajectory for your career and your entire life, all right? So I cannot emphasize enough and encourage you enough to check out Vision Pathways if you're a college student, if you're a grad student, if you've recently uh, graduated. That's VP 1.0. VP 2.0 
This is for folks who have graduated from VP 1.0 or are age 28 and up. And honestly, VP 2.0 is our crazy social experiment that we're doing right now. Okay, we are taking, um, we are mashing together people from all sorts of different backgrounds, uh, diverse ages, stages of life, perspectives, and the aim is that we would raise up disciples who are able to love and to serve all of Jesus's family, not just the ones that they naturally connect with. Okay, so this 2.0 is actually a very challenging group, but we're really excited about what Jesus is doing in it so far. So if you think that you're ready for like a big sort of grace and truth, double-double animal style, like VP 2.0 might be right for you. Um, if, that, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you should probably stay away from VP 2.0. It might be too much. Um, but both vision pathways, 1.0, 2.0, they start in the fall. They follow the school year. And so right now is the time to apply. We, uh, you actually have to apply and you have to be accepted to, to be a part of this discipleship school. Uh, so if you're interested in that, you can let me know with a connection card. Drop that in the offering later on. So that's Vision Pathways. The second group I want to highlight is uh, we're calling them Sunday Turbo Groups. This is something that we want to launch, all right? And this is going to serve people who are kind of on the bubble, want to check out community, um, just kind of dip their toe in. Or if your schedule is is super crazy, what we would love to do is launch short-term groups that are happening during the services on Sunday. And so the idea is that you could come to like a group at 9 o'clock and then stick around for worship at 11, or you could come to worship at 9 and then stick around for your group at 11, right? Does that make sense? So it's not an extra block of time. And then the bonus is if you have kids, you got built-in child care. And so that's taken care of. Um, and so uh, just a funny story on the side. Um, my in-laws years ago, they weren't attending a church, um, but on Sundays they would go to the local church and they would drop their kids off at, the, at child care, and then they would go get brunch. And uh, now that I'm older and I have a kid, I'm like, wow, that's brilliant. That's like, that's a, anyway. So I'm not suggesting that, you know, y'all do that, but, you know, draw your own conclusions. Anyway, um, so what we're doing is we're assessing interest in that idea to launch Sunday Turbo Groups. So if you want to be part of something like that, if that interests you, then let us know with a connection card. Um, But we have groups meeting all throughout the week, different days, different times, different kinds of groups to meet different needs. We will reimburse your childcare costs so that you can join a group. We will help you work out your transportation challenges if that's an issue for you. All right, this is a core value of ours. We're putting our money where our mouth is. We want you to be part of a group. Um, Bottom line is, if you want to join a group, you can do it at Harbor, and we can help you. Just use that connection card. Let us know what you need. Second way that you can apply this today, that you can grow in community, you can influence a group. Okay, you can influence a group. A lot of y'all are already in a group here at Harbor, but if you're not experiencing this kind of sort of grace and truth renewal that I'm describing, I say you need to be the one that brings it. You bring it to your group. Mike on staff was recently telling me about his life group and how one week um, this woman in the group basically just got fed up with how the conversation was just kind of on the surface. And she called the group to the carpet and she demanded this deeper level of vulnerability, this deeper level of community, right? She brought grace and truth into the room and it made it super awkward, right? Everybody was just like, ah! But the group recognized that that was the voice of Jesus, right? And they worked through it. 
They worked through it. And now that group is on fire with gospel renewal. Right? Sometimes that's what we need. We need someone just to kick the door down so the rest of us can go through it. So influence a group with grace and truth. Third way to grow in community, lead a group. Okay? Our church is growing, um, and most of our groups are either full or they are almost at capacity, and so we need to start new groups. And that means we need new leaders, leaders who are committed to following Jesus' call to create communities of grace and truth. Now, if you're nervous about leading a group, I'm just going to say we got you covered. We've got training. We've got support. But not only that, if you feel Jesus like pulling you to step out and to lead a group, he's got you covered. He's going to give you everything that you need. So I encourage you to step out in faith because your family needs you. Okay? So you can join a group. You can influence a group. You can lead a group. Those are ways that we can press more fully into growing in community. Okay, now we're going to do something totally different that is going to make some palms sweat. We're going to actually start to apply some of this uh, by splitting up into little groups, ah, splitting up into little communities and actually starting to talk through this stuff. So um, if you're super nervous about that, if this was your first day here, I'm super sorry. <laughs> You came on the wrong day. But we are going to get through this together. I know that we can do it. So the idea is I want you guys to split up, move your chairs around, split into groups of three, no more than four, so that we have time to work through this. We're going to take 10 minutes while the band comes up and provides soothing background music. And we've got three questions up on the screen to guide your discussion. Basically, have you ever experienced this kind of community? Do you have this kind of community now? Why? Why not? Do you think? And then, do you feel like the Lord's leading you in any particular direction today to join, to influence, to lead a group with grace or truth? So this is just a chance for us to start to chew on this stuff together. So you can do it. I believe in you. Scoot your chairs around and take some time to discuss this. And I'll bring us back in about 10 minutes with a closing prayer.